0: Today, I'm continuing our new sermon series, which we began last week, entitled, What's Next? And in this series, I want us to be able to look at what I believe God intends for our church to be and to do as our next steps in following him. About the ministries that we already, in many cases, have begun, but will be expanding, and the new ministries we will be launching as we complete our church building and move into the future. If you're not aware of the fact that we're building a new church building, then welcome for your first time here. Um, We're glad that you could join us. If you walk to the end of either one of these halls and press your nose up against the glass, you can see the various work that's being done. They are moving along very aggressively. It is our hope that at the end of this sermon series on November 22nd, we will be able to have our grand opening celebration for our whole church, welcoming the entire community to come and celebrate with us. So today, as part of our What's Next series, my sermon is entitled... I was hungry. This is based on the words of Jesus as found in the 25th chapter of Matthew. And I firmly believe that these words of Jesus are his instructions to us, the church. They are instructions as to what we, the church of Jesus Christ and his children, should be doing to care for the needs of those around us. And we are going to be taking those words of Jesus as our guidelines in our church as we prepare and launch outreach ministries to care for the needs of the people in our community. So as as we begin, let's read together those words of Jesus in Matthew 25, beginning with the 34th verse through verse 40. If you'd like to follow along, you can either read along on the screens or if you'd like to use the Bibles, the red Bibles in the chair racks in front of you, we're beginning on page 1513. Hear now this Jesus tells us here in Matthew 25 in very clear terms that we should be feeding the hungry and giving drink to the thirsty, inviting in the stranger, giving clothes to those who need clothing, caring for the sick, and visiting those in prison. If we do it for the least of these, Jesus tells us, then we have done it for him. Jesus' words here are not qualified, they're not symbolic, and they're not conditional. He does not say, it will be as though you did it for me. He does not say, I will treat you as though you did it for me. Jesus says that when we feed the hungry, we quite literally are feeding him. When we provide food to those who are hungry, we provide food to Jesus. Because when the poor are hungry, Jesus, the great lover of souls, feels that hunger too. But on the other hand, and I didn't read this part... Just after these verses, to those who have cared for the poor, Jesus turns and speaks to a second group. Those who did not provide food to those who were hungry, and who therefore in the process denied Jesus himself in his time of need. This second group, by refusing to feed the hungry, actually refused to care for Jesus. By rejecting the poor, those people rejected Jesus. And the consequences for rejecting Jesus are very clear. That second group who denied Jesus by denying the poor and hungry are sent away into eternal punishment, while those who loved and cared for Jesus by loving and caring for the poor are given the reward of eternal life. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Jesus. You can read them for yourself. And the fact is that that message is very clear. There are no loopholes. There's no wiggle room. There's no way to talk ourselves out of it. There is even very little room for further explanation. It is so straightforward in what Jesus is saying. When we care enough to feed those around us who are poor and hungry, the least of these we have cared for and fed Jesus. If we reject those who are poor and hungry, we have rejected Jesus. And we know the terrible and eternal consequences that can come from rejecting Jesus. It really is that clear. It really is that important. It is a matter of eternal consequences. It really is something that calls us to unequivocal obedience in caring for the poor and the hungry that we find around us. As I said, we've taken this passage in Matthew 25 as the guidelines for our plans as a church to reach out to those in need in our community. But this is far from the only thing that Jesus had to say about us caring for the physical needs of the poor. I want us to look this morning at another passage that relates to Jesus' instructions in this regard, where, again, he gives us very clear guidelines. It is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. This takes place during a time when Jesus was teaching near the Sea of Galilee and a large crowd of people had come out to hear him teach. They're out in the countryside in the the rolling hills around the lake of uh, Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee. I will be reading the version that occurs in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, although this story occurs in all four Gospels. This is what we find in Mark 6, verse 34 to 44. I encourage you to follow along as I read I'd love for you all to start bringing your own Bibles, and if you don't have one, talk to me and I'll get you one. But if you would like, you can follow along in the red Bibles in the chair racks, and I'm beginning reading on page 1533. Page 1533 in the red Bibles, Mark 6, starting with verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was five thousand. I always find myself moved when I read that passage of Scripture, in which Jesus feeds 5,000 men, and that's the way they referred to things back then, but the natural assumption is that doesn't count all the women and the children who were also there. So the number was really many more than 5,000. And the thing that people, of course, focus on in this passage, in all four of the Gospels, is that Jesus was able to miraculously feed so many people with five small loaves of bread and two small fishes. And that after feeding so many people with five loaves and two fishes, the disciples who followed him gathered up the leftovers and they had 12 baskets full of food left after everyone had eaten their fill. That's a miracle. And that miracle certainly is what stands out most in this story. But the thing that I am really moved by here is what happens just before Jesus actually does the miracle and feeds the multitudes. Jesus had been teaching for a while that day when the disciples came to him to point out the obvious, that it was getting late, that all these people here were getting hungry and they were going to need to eat something and they were a very long way from McDonald's or 7-Eleven's or Tim Hortons. I threw in the Tim Hortons for you Canadians, okay? So the disciples suggested that Jesus should send them all away. They said, send them to the countryside and the villages so they can buy food for themselves. And Jesus responds in the most extraordinary way imaginable. He says to the the disciples, you give them something to eat. The disciples reacted to this in much the same way that people today react when it's suggested that they should do something, that they should pay for the cost of feeding hungry people. In effect, what they said was, we can't do that. We can't afford that. Do you have any idea how much that would cost? How much work it would require for us to feed this many people? Why should we go to all that trouble and work and spend all that money to give food to them? Make them take care of themselves. And implied in their response, I believe, was, And what about us? What about our needs? We aren't rich. Why should we spend what we have on those people? The disciples seemed to have overlooked the fact that Jesus was not making a suggestion. He was giving them a command. He said, You give them something to eat. At this point, Jesus had every right, after the way the disciples responded, to take them to task in a very serious way. O ye of little faith, how long have I been with you and you still don't get it? How can you be this selfish? Or any one of the other ways in which Jesus had previously told the disciples how very thick they could be, and how very much they lacked faith and obedience. But in this case... Jesus does not verbally take them to task. Instead, he decides very simply and very quietly to show the disciples what was possible if they would only believe and obey. When the disciples said there's no way they had enough food or that they could ever afford to buy enough food to feed these people, Jesus simply asked them, What do you have? And it wasn't much. Five small loaves and two small fish for over 5,000 people. But you'll notice that Jesus does not comment or bemoan the scarcity of their resources. He does not complain. He does not worry. He simply tells the people to get organized into groups. Organization is important. And then he took what little they had, and the first thing he did was he thanked God the Father for it. And then he started to break apart the loaves and the fishes and give it to his disciples to share with the people. And you know what happened next. Everyone, the 5,000 men and all of the women and the children, everyone there ate until they were filled, satisfied is the word our Bible uses. And there were 12 baskets left over of this food. And when Jesus had the disciples collect up those leftovers... The same disciples that right before that had said there was no way you could feed this many hungry people. I can only imagine how astonished they were and the amazement that was running through their minds. I only hope that the message then was clear to the disciples. That Jesus had shown them when there are people who are hungry, the followers of Jesus are supposed not to send those people away, Not to tell them to fend for themselves. Not to get them to all leave so they become somebody else's problem or responsibility. That's not what the followers of Jesus are supposed to do. You give them something to eat. When the people are hungry, Jesus told his followers that they should feed them. And if we are faithful and get organized and look to Jesus and give thanks for what we have been given and share it freely and generously... There will always be enough, my brothers and sisters. I don't see Teresa Senevez here today. I think she and Luis had to leave. They are from Brazil. And Teresa and Luis are very committed believers. And they've traveled and lived in a lot of different countries of the world. She's going to be embarrassed when she knows I tell the story because I didn't have a chance to ask her. But she told Carolyn and I one night a few weeks ago that they had a soup kitchen that they started in South Africa for the poor in the city where they were. And she started it with another woman, and she said every time we would set up the food and start serving it, we would see the line that stretched, it seemed like as far as we could see, and we would look at each other and think, there is no way we have enough food for all these people. And she said, every single time, as the last person stepped up with their bowl, we gave them the last of our soup. There was always enough. There have been many times when we have our second Sunday potlucks where we've said boy there's a lot of people and we didn't have as many people bring food today we're running kind of close in fact we've had a couple of instances where people have had to run out buy some more stuff and bring it back but i don't think we've ever really run out at least not from the people who came here and needed to be able to eat god makes enough when we need it is that true lita who's responsible for that By the way, you may have noticed a moment ago, I made a pronoun shift. I went from saying that Jesus' followers, they, to Jesus' followers, we. And I did that very intentionally, because this passage is not only about the people who are the followers, the disciples of Jesus 2,000 years ago in that field or hillside in Galilee... The followers of Jesus are here and now. They are sitting in this church and in the other churches that worship and recognize the the divinity of Jesus. The lesson that Jesus taught his followers 2,000 years ago about how they should and can feed those who are hungry and in need is meant for his followers now, here, today. We are the disciples of Jesus as much as the people who were on that hillside with him 2,000 years ago. And Jesus is telling us that we should be feeding those who are hungry and need something to eat. You give them something to eat. And brothers and sisters, as far as I can provide leadership, we here at Lakeside Presbyterian Church, as his followers, we will be obedient to Jesus telling us to feed those who are hungry. Today, we're already providing hungry people with dispensas. And if you don't know that word, a dispensa is a food package. That's what they call it here in Mexico. The dispensas that we distribute here are made up of beans and rice, oil, and other basic foods, both dry and canned. That program is not new to our church. We've been providing dispensas to people who come to our church in need for many years, almost since our church started. And we are going to continue with that. Anyone who comes to our church and says they need food, we will provide them with food. That is a feeding ministry that will never end. The pantry is in the room right behind you. But in addition to that responsive kind of uh, outreach, we are going to start becoming more proactive to the people in need. We have already started identifying families and individuals in our community who don't have enough to eat and who need help with food on a regular basis. There are a number of families and individuals we know of right now who have ongoing needs and to whom we are giving food every two weeks or so. And that list is growing, because while it's not always obvious to us, we live a fairly insulated life here at Lakeside. We go from fairly wealthy homes to fairly wealthy churches to fairly wealthy restaurants. But there is still a lot of poverty and a lot of hunger in the area right around us. And you only have to go out and start visiting some of the communities to realize that. The fact is, we cannot help everybody. I'm not so foolish as to think we could help everyone, And for that reason, you need to know, we are trying to be very organized and very responsible in how we determine who gets regular food deliveries. Our church workers, especially Patty and Orson, Patty and Orson are a young Mexican couple, recently married, they are very sharp and very dedicated. They are going, whenever someone comes to their attention, or they meet someone who appears to have a need, they visit their homes. And trust me, my brothers and sisters, while we love everybody, if they have three televisions and four cars, we are not going to put them on our regular food distribution list. We are trying to be organized and responsible about this. While also, if we're going to err, I will say this, I always say this, if we're going to err, we're going to err on the side of being generous. But we are also trying to be responsible that we are really meeting the needs of those who truly are hungry. And given the needs in our community and even the needs that exist in our own church, perhaps in the English-language congregation, certainly within some of the people in our Spanish-language congregation, we expect that this program is going to very quickly grow to where we're providing food to at least 50 needy individuals or families on a regular basis, and more, because the need is there. We're now looking into buying dry staples, like beans and rice and pasta, in bulk, and then repackaging it, in order to be as efficient as possible. We're working out the details of how's the best way to do this. And because many of those in need are families, some of them with small children, we also want to start providing with uh, these families with fresh fruit and fresh vegetables for the nutritional value. And that, of course, will require that we purchase fresh fruits and vegetables and that we distribute them more quickly. It's going to require some efficiency. Many of the people that we come across who are in greatest need, we discovered that um, last Christmas when we were doing a distribution of food to people at Christmas time many of the people in greatest needs do not even have any way to cook in their houses. Some of them live in almost shanty dwellings. They don't have running water or gas or electricity. And so in the next few months, once the rest of our church is finished and we have a large commercial kitchen back there, we had donated all of the uh, stainless steel restaurant appliances from a restaurant that closed in town. We have all of that. When we get that kitchen up and running, we are going to start preparing food for distribution, both for people who can come here and people we need to take it out to. Now, those efforts are critically important, and they will address the immediate needs. But we also are going to be doing things to try to address the long-term needs of these families. We are going to be offering nutrition classes. We hope to have job skills training, both for men and women. We have talked about a job bank where we can help find day-work employment for people who come to us. We are also looking at the possibility of small business development loans for those who have an idea or a skill, and they simply need a boost. I used to work with World Vision and they have been developing small business loans around the world very effectively for the last 30 years. So we are going to help these families, these parents, find employment so that they can begin to do more to meet their own family's needs. It is not just feeding for today, although that's where you start. And if we make excuses about not feeding people now because we want them to help take care of their own needs, Jesus didn't say, you give them something to eat, but first make sure that they know how to take care of themselves in the future. He said, feed them, and we're going to do that. But to do all of this is going to require your help, obviously. In your bulletins, you will see the first step in expanding our feeding program. As part of our current dispensa food efforts, which means that the cabinet, the the pantry that we maintain for people who come to our church, we already have people who have signed up to provide beans and pasta and oil and those kinds of things. And those people, if you're one of those people, God bless you, we're going to keep doing that. But in addition to that, we need to expand that program. We need more people who are willing to help us by providing food. I've included a flyer in everyone's bulletins which give you very clearly what it is we need. You will note that this sheet identifies the dried foods and the canned goods that we'll be needing on a regular basis. Probably every other week, we will need contributions or as often as the pantry shelves start getting empty. It also mentions if you look down to the fresh fruits and vegetables, we will probably be needing people to help donate those on a weekly basis. That doesn't mean you have to go out somewhere and buy the fresh fruits or vegetables. If you are willing to support this program financially, then we will make the arrangements to purchase those things. The main thing right now is if you feel God is calling you to be active in this program of our church, this feeding effort, then I would like for you to let us know that so that we can get organized. If you see something on that list that really strikes you that you should be providing that, then check that box. Write your name, put your telephone number on the bottom, and right in the middle of our doors back here, that blue glass vase, uh, there's a big basket on there. Just drop that in the basket on your way out. If you don't have a preference for what you want to provide or you want to give money instead so that we can purchase what is needed most, then just put your name and telephone number on there and put it in the basket. We will be contacting you and giving you both more information. You know, We didn't want to drown you in information about how this is going to work. We will be giving you more information, answering your questions, and helping you figure out how you can work with us on this. If you want to actually be involved in working, then if you've got a pen or pencil, write below your name, above your name, beside your name, after your name, wherever. I want to help. And we will know that you're somebody who will help provide labor. We're going to need people who can... Uh, package up bulk dry foods into dispenses for example later on who will help us prepare the hot foods so just tell us if you want to be someone who helps with that and I'm hoping that virtually everybody here wants to be part of that if we get you know 30 people who say they want to help and 28 of them check cookies then we'll probably talk to you and say is it possible maybe you could help provide something else we'll work all that out but we need to start it's very simple Jesus told us we should feed those who are hungry. He demonstrated that if we are faithful, he would support and bless our efforts. He would multiply what we have as needed to reach those who are hungry around us. And he told us that when we feed the hungry, we are ministering directly to him in a very real, very practical way and that the rewards of that obedience would be great. As our church moves forward in obedience to Jesus' instructions to feed those who are hungry... I hope you prayerfully will join us in that great mission. Amen.